0: Welcome to the power hour. If it's not in the word. It doesn't deserve to be heard. Uh, The power hour is a chance just to be able to connect to the word of God, to connect to God, to hear God's power be spoken into your life. And if you have come here for a blessing, that is exactly what you're going to get a blessing from a blessing from God for you and yours. So I want to welcome you to the Power Hour. I'm very excited because it is a new month. It is a new series and I'm calling it End Game. And it's not Marvel uh, series. This is End Game from a biblical perspective. But I chose End Game because I knew that it will resonate and it will speak to you because right now we are in a season of figuring out the end of of things we are trying to figure out what is the end game of this coronavirus when is it going to be over when are we going to get back to normal well we are tired of things as they are we want to get back to as to things as they they were now back in march the who announced that COVID 19 Is a pandemic. That means that it is a serious enough disease that it can affect everybody. Since that declaration by the WHO, you will see that over 64 million people have been confirmed to have contracted COVID-19. 1.5 million people. Have died. And over 20 and 20 countries and territories have been affected by COVID 19. According to the reports, the question is what is going to be the economic impact of COVID 19? In our community connection this morning, and I hope that you make time to join our community connection where we just get together and see each other. But in our community connection this morning, somebody mentioned that actually 2021. Might be a really hard year because the economic impact of COVID-19 is going to be felt because of all the disruptions that happened in terms of work and, and farmers were not able to grow as they needed to. So we might actually have a harder year coming up next year. So economically, COVID-19 has really been severe. And experts are saying by the end of it all, 60 million people may be unemployed. And those are staggering numbers. The question in in our minds is how is it going to end? What is the end game of COVID-19? How is it all going to end? And I'm sure you're asking that question about your life. In certain situations and things that you're going through, you're asking, how is it going to end? Uh, according to experts, they're saying that the pandemic might end if the world develops what they call herd immunity. Herd immunity will allow the, the, the population to develop the necessary antibodies that will protect them from any more further infections. And that if we have one or two people that are infected, because of the the herd immunity, it will create like a wall of protection and that those three people that are infected or a few people that are infected will not affect the whole population. But the problem with herd immunity is how sure are we that COVID-19 cannot be contracted or you cannot get it two times? And that's still an unknown. And so even though people are saying, let's do this herd immunity thing, but it is still not clear if that can really bring COVID-19 to an end. Some are saying, let's vaccinate everybody. That is, we need to just inject people with a vaccine and a lot of, if a lot of people have a vaccine, then you know what? We're not really going to struggle and, and, and have a difficulty with this COVID-19. But the question is, how much of the vaccine is actually going to be effective? How many people can actually get this vaccine? And so the question still is, what is the end game? How is it going to end this COVID-19 situation? And it really speaks to our innate innate itch to know the future. Our innate itch to have a clear path. Our innate itch to know how things are going to pan out. You want to know how the movie is going to end. You want to know how the book is going to end. You want to know how long the contract is. You want to know the end of things because we are interested to know the future. If I was to do a poll right now and to ask you, how often have you thought about your future, whether that future is tomorrow, whether that future is the next week, whether that future is the next month or the next year, I I bet that 90% of you have thought about the future because I have, <laughs> you know what I mean? I have thought the future of this sermonic moment. I'm thinking in my in my head, how am I going to end this sermon right now? And I'm sure you're also thinking, how long is Pastor going to preach for today? Because I might just be a little bit hungry. Because in us, we have this innate itch about the future. And this coronavirus has been pricking us and, and really asking us these, bringing these questions in our, in our minds. Is this the end of the world? Is this really the event that's going to bring about things like the mark of the beast and this things we talk about in the Bible? Is this really the beginning of it? People have talked to me, Pastor, you need to preach more on Daniel and Revelation because we know we're living at the end right now and, and things are, are, are not normal. And people send me prophecies and I've had to stop and say, my, my brother, my sister, let's follow what the word of God has to say. And so I'm here to help you. And to help me to understand what is the end game of my life? What is the end game? Of this world? What is the end game of this coronavirus? What is God's end game of everything? And I think that if we understand God's end game for it all, I think we're going to be in a safer place and we're not going to be anxious and we're not going to be in a situation where we're wondering and we are worried. And so I want to begin this series, End Game, from um Isaiah 46. And verse number number one. This is where we're going to begin. And in fact, we're going to spend two weeks in Isaiah 46. We're going to spend it on this Sabbath as well as next Sabbath. Isaiah 46. I want to begin reading in verse number one. And I want to I want to take us down to verse number four. The word says, Bell boweth down. And I'm reading from the King James Version right here. Bell boweth down, Nebo stoopeth. Their idols were upon the beasts and upon the cattle. Your carriages were heavy loaden. They are a burden to the weary beast. They stoop, they bow down together. They could not deliver the burden, but themselves are gone into captivity. Listen to verse number three. And I want you to pay attention to this because this is God talking. Hearken unto me. Or in other words, listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age, I am he. And even to whore hairs, I will carry you. Pay attention to that. I have made and I will bear and even I will carry and will deliver you for the purposes of sermonic emphasis. Allow me to read verse three and four one more time. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly. I've carried you from the belly which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age, I am he. And even to whole his, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. And even I will carry and will deliver you. For a title this morning, I want to use carried. Carried. Let us pray. Lord, carry this moment. And carry me in Jesus name, I pray. Amen. In this text, there is a mock mark, a mocking going on. Uh, in fact the the prophet is being sarcastic in regards to the gods of Babylon. Notice what the prophet says. Mocking the gods of Babylon. He says, Bel bows down. Nebo stoops. Their idols were carried upon the beasts. And upon the cattle. Your carriages were heavy loaden. They are a burden to their weary beast. The prophet is being sarcastic. And in verse 2 he repeats the, the same words. He said, they stooped down. They bow together, they could not deliver the burden, but themselves are gone into captivity. These verses, they depict a procession. In the ancient world, the ancients would carry their idols from city to city. The ancients would move their idols from one place to another place. But in this text, the prophet is asking a question or he's making a sarcastic remark. How can gods be carried? In his mind, Frankie, it does not make sense that a god should be carried. By virtue of a god being a god, it means that a god should have enough power to transport transport himself from one location to the next location. Uh, please do not miss where I'm going with this particular uh, uh, thought. The reason why you enter a plane is because you recognize that a plane has the ability to transport you from the ground and elevate you into an atmosphere and bring you to another city For a fraction of the time that you'd spend if you were to take a boat. The reason why you get into a car, whether it is a grab car or a go car or your own car is because you believe that the car has better ability than you to move faster than you, to carry heavier things than you, and it has more power than you. And therefore, you you utilize the car because you recognize that it is more powerful than you are. And so here the prophet is making a question. He's mocking the gods of Babylon. He's mocking the people that believe in idols. He's saying, if these are truly gods, then why are you carrying the gods? If they are gods, why are they stooping down? Why are they bowing down? Why are they a burden and not a blessing? Why are they heavy in your life? Why are they making your life more difficult? The fact that they're making your life difficult, are they really God? The point of the prophet is this, idols can't carry you. Idols can't carry you. That means that idols cannot help you. That is, idols cannot be there for you when you need them to be there for you. And what he's saying is this, these idols, they are simply cargo. They are simply something that you need to move from one place uh, to the next. They're simply something that is not helping you, but it is harming you. In Tim O'Brien's book, the things they carried, he looks at the lives of American soldiers in Vietnam and he looks at the things that they have with them, things that they are carrying with them at war that are either helping them or hindering them. And one particular story that caught my attention as I was doing a review of the book, is the story of Lieutenant Cross. Lieutenant Cross is leading a group of soldiers in in battle. And one time, as he's leading a group of soldiers in battle, they have a disaster. That is, some soldiers are killed. And as Lieutenant Cross is analyzing his life, he realizes that as he's been at war, He's constantly been carrying the memory of Martha, his sweetheart, back at home. And because he's been so focused on Martha, carrying her memory, carrying the sentiments of love on his heart, he has not been as focused on the battle as he should be. And because he has not been focused, he's been carrying the memory of his sweetheart. He has not been properly carrying the memory he has not been probably carrying his soldiers in battle, and therefore he has lost them. Listen to me carefully. There are things that we carry that are not helping us, but they are simply hurting us. And here the prophet of God is mocking in a sarcastic fashion the idols of Babylon because he's saying, You are carrying these idols and they are not helping you, but they are harming you. And Lord knows I'm speaking to somebody who has been carrying a burden in their life, in your life, that has not been helping you, but it has been harming you. It has not been a blessing, it has been A burden. Some of you are carrying that burden, that cargo I call it, from one relationship to the next. Some of you are carrying that heartache from a past situation into your new situation. The same burdens that you had in your old job, you are carrying them as well into your new job. The same old patterns of thinking that you have had since you were in grade school. You are carrying them right now into your present situation and you know that it is nothing but a burden. You know that it is not a blessing but a burden. And you know that it is cargo that you're carrying around. You see some of you have what I call the carry-ons of life. They are with you as you travel the road of life. They are with you as you move on in life and that is not a bur- that is not a blessing. It is a burden. And one of the things that I believe that 2020 can be a blessing for us is that it can be a chance for us. It has been a chance for us to actually stop and to stop think and to think about our lives. And I think that we should utilize this moment. And to really think, am I carrying burdens in my life that are not helping me, but they're hindering me. That are not elevating me, but they are bringing me down. And so this is a season I believe we need to stop and say to ourselves, are there things that I'm carrying in my life that I need to unload? That I need to let go. You see, some of us, I believe, have become cargo planes. You know, the airline industry at this particular moment has focused a shift from four uh, engine planes to twin engine planes. In other words, they're focused on efficiency. That is why Boeing 787 is a popular plane for long-haul flights. It is a twin-engine plane, but it is is popular because it is efficient. And planes like 747 or Airbus 380, these have become what I call cargo planes. Not what I call, but what the airline industry is using them for, for cargo planes to simply transport cargo from one place to the next. And some of us are like airplanes that are transporting cargo from one place. Place to the next. No wonder that our our situations, no wonder that our lives are simply rotating and circling around the same old problems, the same old situations, because we are carrying cargo. And the prophet this morning is saying, Let go of your heavy burdens, let go of those bless of those burdens and choose the blessing that God can give you. It so happens that when you think about Bel and when you think about Nebo, these were the chief gods of Babylon. Bel, or known as Marduk, was the creator god. He was like Yahweh, creating the world into existence. And so when they, they, they had um, um, Bel with them, they had Marduk with them, the belief was that he was giving them their existence. Marduk uh, uh, Nebo was the god of prosperity he was a god of intellect and he was a god of protection and so as they are carrying Bel and Nebo basically the people are saying like this we are finding our prosperity and our existence in these two gods and so therefore they felt that in order to live and in order to 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 uh, to to make money or to be economically prosperous they needed to carry these gods but notice they needed a God for everything in their life. For creation and existence, they went to Bell. For prosperity and intellect, they went to Nebo. But I'm glad this morning that God is a one-stop shop. You know the difference between Grand Lucky and the Parsar is that when you go to Grand Lucky Gun, at Grand Lucky you find everything that you need in one place. You don't need to go to many different places. You just take your cart and you drive it. You pick your vegetables, you pick your rice, you pick whatever you want. You put it in your cart and you drive it to the. Uh, uh, the to the, to the checkout counter, and then you go home. But when you go to a parser, you need to go to different places to buy the things that you need. But I'm glad this morning that God is like grand lucky. Everything that I need, he can provide it. Everything that I require, He has it. But if I'm focusing my attention on something else that is not God, guess what? I will need many things in my life to provide for all of the needs that I have need of, and that is why the prophet is mar- is mocking God, these gods this morning because he recognizes a fundamental issue that if God is not the center of your life. If God is not the focus of your life, you will need many things to supply your needs. And this is why I want to begin this series on this point, because I need you to understand that if God is the focus in your life, then your end game is going to be okay. You don't need to worry about how it's going to shape out because God is going to provide Everything that you need. And this morning we need to understand that if we are putting our eggs, our eggs in other things other than God, those things will not be able to carry us when we need them to carry us. Those things will not be there to help us when we need them to help us. But I'm glad this morning that God is able to carry you and I. That God is able to stand in for us when we need him to stand in for us. And verses number 3 and verse number 4 this morning back me up. Notice what the text says in verse number 3 and verse number 4. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob. And all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. Even to your whole hairs, I will carry you. You see, the difference is this. Idols are passive, but God is active. That's what the prophet is saying. He's saying God can save you, but idols cannot save you. You see, the text is is emphasizing God's saving ability. The text is is, is emphasizing that God is able to bring you from a difficult situation and bring you to a better situation. The text is emphasizing that God is able to take you from your weakest point and elevate you to your highest point. God is able to take a strength, a weakness, and make it into a strength. God is able to take an addiction. He's able to take, uh, he's able to take a character flaw, and change that situation and make it something totally different. God is able to elevate you. You see, what I'm happy about this morning is that the text is saying, "I am able to carry you from." The time you were born until the time that you die. In other words, God is able to carry you and I from the cradle to the grave. You see, Superman steps in or swoops in when there's a, there's a, there's a crisis. He steps in when there's a problem. But God is saying, I'm not Superman. God is saying, I'm not a firefighter. God is saying, I'm not a first responder. God is saying, I am there from day one. I am there from the day that you were born. I am there from the day that you started uh, to, to cry. I am I'm there from the day that you needed your mama's milk. I am there from the day that you needed diapers. I was there and I will be there. I was uh, listening to uh, not, not listening to a song, but in the in the in the as I was researching this sermon, I came across a song by this group called Havoc, and the song is called "From the Cradle to the Grave." And allow me just to share with you the lyrics of this song. And notice how it goes: trapped, scared to death, as you're running out of breath. Don't feel, don't you feel my eyes? I have been this way from the cradle to the grave taking life. I was born with the devil in me. He's been with me ever since checking in, but you can't check out. I'll burn all the evidence. I was born with the devil in me. My soul cannot be saved. Sick fascination with the dead from the cradle to the grave. This song is speaking about a very depressing situation. Uh, the, these guys are saying that from the day that I was born, I was born in evil. Uh, my, my life cannot be saved. My life is no use for anything. But when we read this text, God is saying, God is saying in, in, in verse number, number three and verse number four, God is saying that I will carry you. That is your life is not. A desperate situation that is your life can be saved. And I'm here to tell somebody this morning that it does not matter what your situation looks like. It does not matter how you feel, but God is able to carry you because God has been there with you since day one. The day that you were born, God communicated to you that I'll forever be with you. And that is what I want to transport and transfer to your faith bank account this morning. That God's end game for you is that he is with you until the end of your life. And that is good news this morning. That God has committed himself to you. From the day that you were born. And what that means is this. Even though I do not know what tomorrow looks like. Even though I do not know how I'm going to make ends meet. Even though I don't know how my health is going is going to turn out. But the one thing I'm sure of is that God is with me. And that God is going to carry me from the cradle to the grave. And that is God's end game for you. That is my son, my daughter. I have committed myself to you no matter what. You can't get rid of me. You can't shake me. I am there for you and I will guide you. And that is why Jesus declared before he left. He said, He said, I will be with you even to the end of the age. I will be with you even to the end of the world. And that is why you should never be troubled about things like the ap- apocalypse. That is why should be, you shouldn't be troubled about this coronavirus. Because no matter how it's going to end, God is going to be with you. This is why you shouldn't be troubled if you get fired. Because no matter how it, it's going to end, God is with you. This is why you shouldn't be troubled if uh, the day is not turning out as you planned it to be because the promise is I will be with you. And so the first thing I need you to understand about endgame is that God has committed himself to absolutely investing himself in you with his forever abiding presence. You know, we are born in families. We never get to choose who is going to be our parents? We are just born. We never get to choose our siblings, our brothers, and our sisters. We are we are born and we are just in that situation. We are just stuck in those families, and that is a blessing. And God is committed to you and I. That say the day that you were born, I have committed myself to you 100%. You and I, we are going to be to be together. There's never going to be a season and a time when you do not need me. And I will be with you. Uh, you see, the thing about this situation when God is speaking in this particular text is because uh, the people are. They are being tempted to worship the idols of, of Babylon because it seems so fashionable to be able to have your God with you. I mean, if you if you're going to work, you bring the word God right it seems so fashionable to be able to to bring a, a god if you're going to make a business transaction it seems fashionable to bring a god if you're about to travel on a long journey and so they're being tempted to go in this direction because they feel that they need a tangible evidence of god's presence in their life and that is what it makes it difficult sometimes in our lives because sometimes god cannot be felt Sometimes you cannot see God. Sometimes you cannot hear God sometimes god doesn't seem real he seems to be a distant memory or he seems to be like a like like a dream and he's tempting to feel that i need something right here i need something to protect me i need something but god is saying those things cannot protect you but at least trust me enough that i will take care of you trust me enough that i'll be there for you and what god is doing he's saying look look at here i can definitely carry you those i may not be able to carry you they may not be able to take you to the places you need to go but i will be able to carry you because god says in verse number four that he, in verse number four he says he says and even to your old age i am he and even to who hairs i will carry you i have made you and i will bear and even i will carry and will deliver you basically god is saying i have made a commitment. In uh, your life. Allow me to slow down for a moment. Abraham Lincoln said. Commitment is what transforms. A promise into a reality. And the point of of this particular text. If if I'm to go back a little bit. uh, God is saying. That I have committed myself to you. And I want you to pay attention to. The carrying ability of God. Why has God said. I will bear you. I will carry you. And I want you to notice what is going on in this particular text. And now when you are about to rent either a car or you're going to rent a bike or you're about to, uh, to, you know, travel somewhere and you need a car, what you need to do is to provide a guarantee. A guarantee says, I will return this car, I'll return this bike on time. And normally what we do is we leave an ID, either a carte pay, or you're going to leave your license or whatever it is. You leave, you leave it and you are putting that as a guarantee. You're saying I am committed to this transaction and I'm going to come back later on to bring back what I have taken. Check this. When God went to, when Jesus went to heaven, he said, I will come back for you. Now, the guarantee that God gave us was his word. That is, I will do what I have said I will do. That was his guarantee. That was his commitment that I'm coming back to you and I'm going to take you and bring you to the place that I have intended to bring you to. And so in verse number four, God is giving us guarantee. That is, I will do it. That is my plan. I will carry you. That is my power. That's my commitment to you. Now, people will tell us and they'll promise us things. They'll say, you know what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to call you in an hour. I'm going to deliver this tomorrow. But oftentimes what happens is people's promises are like ropes of sand. People don't keep their promises to us. And you and I would do the same. You tell somebody, "Hey, I'm going to come in. Uh I'm going to call you," but you don't do it. And it's not it's not that you don't want to do it, but what happens is situations happen. Sometimes if you tell somebody I'm going to be there on time, maybe you meet traffic or whatever happens, life happens. And because of that you're not able to meet your your um your promises. You're not able to meet the the requirement that you said you're going to meet because that's just how life is. But I'm going to tell you that when God has committed to you and I, when he has committed you and I, he's going to fulfill his word. We have no reason to doubt God's word. And so in this season, we are not sure about whether uh, it's going to be like this or it's going to be like that. Is coronavirus going to take away my business? Am I going to make money? Those things should not trouble you. You need to focus on what God has said and stick to that and say, you know what? Because God has said it, I'm going to move based upon what God has has told me. You see, I'm so glad that God is so committed to carrying you and I. When I was back in college, oftentimes I, I, I have to, I have to uh, praise God because I had people to support me and to carry me in my studies. But one of the things that used to happen back in college was I would often be asked by my mom. She would always ask me, Henry, um, so when are you going to finish your, 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 your studies? Uh, how long is it going to be? And I have to I have to tell her, "Hey, Ma, you know, it's going to be uh, another I need another year or probably I need another six months or whatever, because in my mom's mind, she had planned how long she thought I should be in school and how long she should support me and she should carry me. But I'm glad this morning that God is not like a parent who has a plan for the amount of time they need to carry a child through school. God's plan is that I'm going to carry you from the cradle to the grave. That is my plan. That I'm going to take care of you no matter what. That is, I am so, so invested in you. And that is what I need somebody to hear this morning. That God is intended to help you throughout our life. That God is intended to help you in any situation. He wants to be there for you through it all. There never comes a time, even though you have succeeded, that you do not need God. I remember when, when I started, uh, working officially, I told my mom, I said, my mom, I said, ma, you no longer need to carry me because I can, I can carry myself. But I, I'm glad to know that even though when things are okay, there never comes a season when I do not need God to carry me. You may not, You may not be in difficulty right now. Things may not be difficult for you right now. Things may be okay. But I'm here to tell you that you still need God to carry you. I love how one preacher puts it. She she says it like this. We can never get to an age when we don't need to be carried by God. You're never too old. You're never too old. We can never get to a position in life that we don't need God to carry us. No matter what position you have in life, you still need God to carry you. We can never get to a point where we are so anointed that we don't need God to carry us. It doesn't matter how spiritual you feel. It doesn't matter how strong you feel in faith, but you still need God to carry you. Even when everything seems to be going well for us, We still need to be carried by God. And that's the point I want you to understand this morning, that God is is a necessity for you. And that is why if in this season, God has been carrying you, you're going to be okay. It doesn't matter how COVID-19 is going to pan out, but I'm telling you that is if God is by your side and you can say, God, you're carrying me, it's not going to be problematic for you. Everything is going to be A-O-K. Because God has committed Himself that I will carry my son and I will carry my daughter. The other day, my mo- my mother celebrated her birthday. I'm talking about my mother a lot because she has been an individual in my life that has carried me and has helped me. In fact, my family has has carried me and helped me to be the place to be at the place where I am. And so I'm grateful for family like that. But my mom in particular, because she has just been uh, just a support. And the other day she was celebrating her birthday, so I called her. Up, i said hey mama uh, she said hey son how you doing i'm like listen i want to do something for your birthday i, I might not do uh, something big but i want to do something for you and so i asked her i said ma what do you want for your birthday she said to me son you know for me it's not what you're going to give me for your birthday it's the heart that counts so whatever you do for me as long as you do it from your heart i am grateful And don't you, uh, don't ever feel that you need to pay me back for whatever I've done for you in your life. Don't ever feel that you need to pay me back because it is my responsibility as your mother to carry you. And I would gladly do this. I would gladly do this again if I was to have you for the second time. And I need you to understand this morning that God's responsibility for your life is because, I mean, God is responsible for your life. That is why he wants to, to carry you. You, ne- you should never feel that you all got something. God has made you. And that is why in this text, he says, I have made. And in the Hebrew, it's really, it's really emphatic. He says, I myself have made it. There are people in this world that they create things and, and, and they have kids and, and they do things, but they don't take responsibility. God is not like that. He says, I have made you. I have created you. Therefore, because I have created you, because I have made you, I am responsible to carry you. I am responsible to take care of you. And God is going to take care of you. And that is why he says, cast all your burdens of me on me because I care for you. Do not be anxious about anything because I care for you. David will say beautifully, I have been young and I'm old, but God has never forsaken me. And you might feel like God has forsaken you, but I'm here to tell you, I remind you, no, God hasn't forsaken you. God has been Carrying you, it's a it's a it's a well-known story, but it's worth repeating right now. A, a, a man went went to heaven, and he saw a picture of footprints, and he only saw one set of footprints uh, in the sand, and he asked God, God. How come there is only one set of footprints right here? Uh, How come I only see one set of footprints? And, and God says, you see, it is in those moments that I was the one carrying you. It is on, it, it is in those moments when I was the one holding you up. And I want you to understand that in your most difficult moments, when it is difficult, when you are, you cannot sleep at night, when you are struggling, when you're going through difficult situations, it is God who sustain you in those moments. And if you can only say, God, I cannot do this on my own. God, I need you. God, please help me. God will give you his power and you will not be so anxious. You not be so worried. And I'm here to remind you this morning that God wants to carry you and he's ready to carry you. You don't need to carry that burden alone. Allow God to take you and, and bring you to the place that he needs to bring you to. And that is God's end game for your life. Notice how the text says again in the text, he says, God says, I myself will sustain you. I myself will bear you up and I myself will rescue you. God wants you to be absolutely sure that he is going to carry you and take care of your situation. God's end game for your life is clear. And that is he will carry you from the cradle to the grave. From the day you are born until the day that you die, God is going to carry you. When your world ends, whatever your world is like, God is going to carry you. And that is why I love how the Message Bible puts it beautifully. It says, I have been carrying you on my back from the day you were born. And I'll keep on carrying you when you are old. I'll be there bearing you when you're old and gray. God will carry you. From the cradle to the grave. There is no moment in your life. There is no moment now. That you ever need to wonder. Am I alone? Because God is right there with you. There is no moment you need to wonder. Lord how it is going to turn out with this coronavirus. God is with you. There is no moment that you need to be worried about. How your future is going to look like. Because God says I am going to to carry you. As long as I am your God. Everything is going to be okay. And I am here to tell you that you are carried by God. That you are in the hands of God. And that nobody and nothing will snatch you from God. You are carried. Your future is bright. No need to worry about anything else. God has you in his hands. From the cradle to the grave. You are carried. Every every head is bowed. And every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you this morning that we are carried. Thank you this morning that we Cannot do without you. Thank you this morning that you have reminded us that with you by our side. uh, We don't have to worry about anything. We are carried. We are in your hands. All we ask for this morning is that you take away any burdens that we may have. That you'd help us to unload those burdens at your feet. That we may feel your power. That we may feel your strength. That we may be guided. Father, 2020 has been a burden some year. But Father, please help us to let go of the burden so that as we approach next year, that the burdens are gone. Thank you, Father, that you have a clear plan for our life, that the end game for our life is clear. And that is you're going to be with us every step of the way. And you're never going to let us alone. Father, thank you for this moment. I humbly pray and I humbly ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. See you next week.